Welcome, everybody, to the Green Team Legendarium Podcast. Today, this is going to be Netflix and Green Team, or (laughs) Green Team Movie Night. And today with me, I have Befuddled Panda. Hello. And Ian from the Cinema in Seconds Podcast. Hello, everybody. How is it going? Good. And I am Yeti Beats. And yes, we are going to be discussing 2021 movies in the sci-fi fantasy genre. Um, Someone may try to sneak in a horror film. We shall see. Uh, But yeah, (laughs) we're doing a sort of top five uh, films that we we saw this year. and That were uh, released in 2021. Yes, released in 2021. Uh, Watching Lord of the Rings uh, every December does not count this year, unfortunately. (laughs) We all do it. We all know. Do you do, do that? Do you watch it every December? I usually or do. I haven't yet. I haven't yet, but I have. Uh, we're recording this a few days after Christmas. I have like three days left. It's going to be a couple mm-hmm. days. Yeah. Yeah. So. That might be my Christmas Eve, actually. I'm not Christmas Eve, New Year's Eve. Too late, man, Christmas Eve. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my New Year's Eve. <laughs> so, to first start it off, let's just talk about, you know, how. How many? How was your viewing experience uh, this year? Seeing movies uh, in twenty twenty one, specifically fantasy and sci fi movies. Uh, Panda, start with you. Uh, did you get to see as many as you'd like? I did not see as many as I'd like, which is kind of um, weird because a lot of films were still like coming out, being available on streaming, and not only exclusively in theaters. So you would think like I would have seen them see more of them but i didn't um i've actually seen quite a few uh films in theater in the theater um so that was nice uh, a lot of times the theaters were pretty empty so that was also a different kind of experience uh but yeah i did not see as many as i would have liked but the ones that i did see i feel like i made a point to see them Makes sense. What about you, Ian? Did you uh, see as many movies as you'd like or gravitate more towards TV? Um, I kind of looking back on the year, I don't think I've seen as many new movies as I would like to. And I think part of that is just the way that they're releasing movies right now, because they really like backload the movies that they're releasing. Oh, yeah, they did. Yeah. And like in summer, there were a few movies I really wanted to see and I did go see them, but otherwise it was, there wasn't a lot out there that I wanted to see when I've got all the time in the world to go to movies. And then when school starts up, I'm pretty busy because I'm starting a new school year because I'm a teacher and, uh, and I jump right into coaching again. And so like all my weekends are booked with coaching and that's when they released everything. <laughs> and I'm like, I have no time to see these movies now that they're releasing. So Aww. I'm like doing big time catch up now is now in december that's my catch-up time so not as many as i would like yeah it's funny that december for me too has been like a wicked catch-up time where i'm like i feel like exhausted from watching movies all day <laughs> my parents are like what have you been doing i'm like three movies all day i gotta I'm oh my goodness <laughs> yeah but it's also oh, i don't know how the theaters are with you but you know i think because not as many people are going because of the pandemic obviously and there's just so much other content to watch with streaming that the movie times mm-hmm. so like i used to go to the movies at like 10 a.m on a sunday and i if i had oh. other things to do i could get them done that day or if i had other obligations whereas now like the earliest ones are around like 
twelve thirty in the afternoon, and a lot of the, mm-hmm. the late shows are like eight thirty, and there's nothing later than that. And it's I don't know, it's just a different time from even like fifteen years ago yeah. when I was in high school, where it's like we would go to like eleven o'clock show, you know, we yeah. get out at one a.m. for I mean, obviously I could stay awake better back then, but it's just uh, <laughs> the, the times were more flexible. Uh, I, yeah. I've noticed that, um, back I think then. Part of it is probably labor shortage and just like hours being worked yeah are constraining operation hours yeah yeah and panda what you're saying with less people being in the theaters i went to a west side story last week i was the mm-hmm. only person in the entire theater i had the entire place Whoa. to myself <laughs> yeah it was insane which is kind of sad because wow. more people should see it but you know yeah story but, of this, i mean uh, movie season yeah it, it is what it is so nobody was in the theater to see you cry, then, is, is what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> or see you dance. Ooh. Oh, yeah. yeah, there you go. Yeah, we, uh, we won't mention that. <laughs> uh, so I will bring up, I think we all wanted to talk about a little bit. So with fantasy and sci-fi in general, I think we made a good list this year. I love our list. It's all pretty different. Um, but it definitely seems like television is the go-to for these types of stories. Um, whether I, I kind of had the, I, between reading books and movies, I've given up on television, not given up. I just do not have the time. <laughs> I was able to watch Wheel mm-hmm. of Time, but other than that, I'm sure you guys maybe watched more than I did. Did you, did you see TV shows that you enjoyed more or that do you think that it's, this is just where it's gravitating towards? I mean, I, I could think of like 10 off the top of my head that are sci-fi mainstream sci-fi and fantasy. Yeah, it is interesting. Um, I, Fantasy especially, I think, is moving more towards TV, which is a, a weird trend that you never would have thought of back in the Hercules and Xena days. But uh, yeah, <laughs> but there's some shows. big shows now. I, I enjoyed those. Well, yes, I did <laughs> too. <laughs> but <laughs> no, I grew up on them. Kevin Sorbo, not so much the person, but yeah, it's Hercules definitely. <laughs> but they didn't exactly take the world by storm like Game of Thrones has, for example. But yeah. They they definitely made their mark in in pop culture, I think. But um, thinking back, I actually haven't watched very many of the SFF TV shows, um, aside from the Marvel ones and Star Wars. So um, yeah, I, I guess like Foundation, and I haven't gotten to Wheel of Time. I haven't. I've only watched the first episode of season two of the witcher so i have quite a bit of catching up to do in in the tv realm yeah it just seems like to me you know we're we're in a fantasy discord science fiction discord and all the books and authors we love we just always see them being picked up by television you know for television like you know the the witcher expanse obviously wheel of time uh, Station Eleven, like all the, they're going. These are the stuff. This is the stuff we read. Whereas, like, can you imagine if, like, I don't know, Joe Abercrombie was, or even the Red Rising was picked up for a movie? Like, it just seems like they're all going to go straight to, um, straight to TV. Whereas it kind of mm-hmm. leaves our list to, like you said, Marvel movies or superhero movies, um, and maybe one or indie big, films. Yeah, sci-fi mm-hmm. particularly can have good indie science fiction, um, which I. I was looking out for this year. I, I wish there was more, but you're right. It would ha- they'd have to be low budget kind of sci-fi indie films. Uh, you just I don't know. Spe- you're right, Ian. Especially fantasy. It doesn't seem like it's a thing in movies anymore. 
Um, I think with with fantasy, um, I do tend to see more fantasy movies in like the younger age range. So with with Disney, like they they're still making fantasy films for younger audiences like Encanto, um, Raya came out this year. Yeah. And I think with TV, especially with these series like A Wheel of Time, right? They need that extra space because they're so long. The flexibility. (laughs) Yeah. And so the TV shows give them that. I mean, I always lean more towards movies and TV shows personally. Like that's my preference. but, But I can see where they're coming from. Yeah, it's a good point. I mean, the Wheel of Time, you can't tell in four. You're never going to get 14 films out of that, or even maybe I would three not that. watch it. <laughs> <laughs> so you're right. It's probably the medium's probably just more uh, conducive for you know storytelling when you're telling big fantasy epics, uh, so to speak. Yeah, definitely. So. And I think part of it is like technology has gotten so advanced and cheaper. Like good technology has gotten cheaper to be able to have like cinematic quality for tv yeah absolutely like the mandalorian for example the production quality of that is astounding Mm -hmm. it's almost movie level and if they can pull that Mm -hmm. off i mean that's also one of the most expensive tv shows ever made but they're pulling that stuff off now and it's it's impressive yeah i think streaming did help with transition some of the the i guess bias um uh, towards tv so yeah. Um, did you? I'll I'll just ask before we start our list. Do you? Pre- I think I know the answers, but do you prefer to watch film streaming, or are we still theater people here? <laughs> I'm theater all the way. Yeah. I mean, st- st- streaming is fine, but I'm still somebody who collects Blu-rays and watches them. My Blu-rays, and I go to the theaters whenever I can because I just. And I was actually thinking about this the other day. I I think what I'm really liking about it now is that it frees you from distractions when you're in a theater. Whereas watching from Mm -hmm. home, I'm distracted by everything at home. (laughs) And yeah, and I appreciate that. It's the reason I'm uh, I'm convinced, and this is is movies but not fantasy. I'm convinced it's the reason why The Power of the Dog isn't getting as much... I think that it's more mixed reviews as if if it would have just released in theaters, I think more people would have enjoyed that movie. Anyway, that's mm, not a fantasy movie at all. You need to you cannot look at your phone during that movie. Um, but okay. <laughs> Good stuff. So Panda, say, are you streaming or theater? Uh I am definitely always myself, I'm always I love the theater. I just I don't always agree that I think some people will say you have to see this movie in a theater and I don't ever usually agree with that. I think it can be enhanced definitely. Um, and um, it's one of the points for a couple of our movies, I think we're going to make is that these are theater experiences. It totally changed either with the, because of the audience or the sound or visuals um, that I think a lot of these movies are like, I'm glad I saw it in the theater. I'm sure you guys are too. What about I'm, you, Panda? I'm a little mixed. Um, one, I really like being able to hit pause so that I can go run to the restroom. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I hate having to go to the restroom during a movie at the theater. You're like, is um, this scene coming up going to be important or is now a good time? Yeah, <laughs> I know. Well, especially like I don't want to disrupt other people, you know. Um, so I go to the restroom like three times before a movie starts. Um, and then the other thing is like I'm still not comfortable eating in a movie theater so 
there's it's just like snack free beverage free for me right now but at home like i can have all the snacks so but sound quality size of screen that all dark experience i i still love the theater when i saw dune in theaters i didn't have like a drink for the first like eight hours of the day i was like i'm not <laughs> coming to the bathroom during this long movie it's not yeah. gonna happen that's <laughs> i hate it okay, like, once you hit your 30s, man, I'm telling you, it's like, ah, you one, one sip of soda, and it's on immediately. Even before know? I was 30, like, <laughs> that was my panda. experience. <laughs> anyway, that's T- TMI. Okay, yeah, so let's get going with this, the, the list. <laughs> okay, yeah. All right, so we're going to do our top five. And uh, Ian, let's start with you. This uh, I'm most probably the most recent movie on this list. Yeah, It is, because I just five. saw it two days ago so <laughs> uh, i'm gonna put <laughs> my number five i'm gonna put um matrix the new matrix matrix resurrections which just came out last new? week or is it <laughs> has okay who here has seen it me i just watched okay. it today <laughs> yes right <laughs> i have not seen i have not seen no, it okay. but i've heard i've read a lot about it i know it's um I kind of know. I yeah. get the oh, and I guess we should say we're going to try to keep this as spoiler-free as possible. And if we're going to talk about spoilers, we are going to give a spoiler warning before we dive in. Right. Yeah, and I don't think I will with Matrix, especially since Yeti hasn't seen it yet. Um, yeah. But I, I w- it's interesting because when I was watching it, I was kind of like, okay, I'm, I'm not sure where this is going. I'm not sure that it's doing anything particularly interesting until i kind of got out of the theater and i was like actually yeah it was like it was it was definitely Mm. there was definitely a purpose for it being made um and i i like what it ended up doing especially at the end especially with like uh i like where the neo and trinity story went quite a bit actually i think the movie ended quite strongly uh, there's a lot of interesting meta moments in that in the movie mm-hmm. that I didn't didn't really work for me. Like it, it felt a little clunky. Um, I but, think I know which at least one of what you're talking about. Yeah, I would say I, there's. I feel the same. There's two major scenes where that comes through quite a bit, uh, and I'm not I'm not still not sure how I feel about those. And it, it's also hard because you're comparing it to like one of the biggest and best movies of recent years right because obviously you're going to compare it to the original and i don't think it does anything quite as well as the original matrix but i don't know is that fair to put on on the sequel like the action scenes aren't what the matrix action scenes are uh, but they're still entertaining and it's the story is interesting and it definitely justifies its existence because if you've seen the third movie, you're wondering how is this gonna happen? Uh, how are they bringing these characters back? But I think that they actually do a pretty good job of of coming up with explanations for all that. And I don't know. I, I liked it. I thought it was uh, entertaining. I think Keanu Reeves is awesome. Carrie Ann Moss is awesome, and it was just really nice seeing them back in those roles again. Did you watch rewatch the first three before watching this newest one? No, <laughs> no, I did not. I Me but neither. I've seen them. I've seen them lots. Like they're in my head. Like especially the first Matrix. I've that's yeah. That's the one really I've seen leave. the most. Yeah, yeah. I I can't 
really remember like what happened in the third one and I was like should I rewatch it before going in and I was like nah <laughs> and I just went in and honestly <laughs> like I had fun like I enjoyed it yeah um there were moments where I was just like okay yeah come on let's get get it going and then there were moments where I was like oh this is okay yeah I I, I see okay um the ending I'm I'm not sure. Oh, no. I'm curious to see what happens after. And see, I'd be okay if nothing happens after. Like, I, I'd be okay if they just ended it here and then that's it. Yeah. I think, that's, I think it's a good place to, to end I, it off. I, th- I would be okay if this was the end end, but I don't think it is. But we're in modern so Hollywood and nothing is ever <laughs> So I'm curious to see where it's going to go yeah, after. That's true. It's funny, in a lot of uh, some of the re- reviews, I've seen it like modeled after, not modeled, but compared to like Ocean's 12 when you talk about the meta part, or um, <laughs> what's the Wes Craven one? Uh, okay, a new yeah. <laughs> a new yeah, Nightmare I've heard a lot. Yeah. I'm, I'm just, um, I'm kind of shocked that it went that route. But to your point, Ian, where you say like, how does it compare to the original or how can it? And it's it's such a different time, like, I'm, when the Matrix came out, that was like the epitome of cool. When Carrie Ann Moss and Keanu at the end were walking down, like the fin- that final gun scene where they walk on walls and stuff, like that was so cool. Like it was just like the glasses, the coats, and I just don't think you can replicate that. And replicate is a a good word to use for this new film because I'm pretty sure they actually literally may do some of that in the movie. Um, and I, I think I actually think it might be smart to take this more of a winking tone uh, with this movie, which they were gravitating. Let's be honest to that. It was the second and third films. I think were a little less serious than the original matrix were too. Um, but I think mm. that first one stands alone because it was, took itself so seriously, you know, um, and it worked. And it was sense. the first, like right. it did a lot of firsts. So it was yeah, new. It really did. And I, this one doesn't try to replicate it, I don't think. Like, this one doesn't replicate it in the same sense of, let's try to make bigger, better action scenes, but kind of in the same vein. I think that it it's okay. The movie's comfortable not doing that, which is, like, kind of a relief in a way. Like, it, it, it's okay being its own thing in, in a you sense, You mean too. it's not like a Fast and Furious movie? <laughs> well... With, I don't want to. Yes. I don't want to give spoilers away, but when I mean replicate, I'm pretty sure the very first scene is very similar to another very first scene in a certain movie. Well, you're just gonna have to watch yeah. to find out. That's all we're gonna say. All right, Panda. What about your number five? This should be not okay. controversial at all. Um. So I just watched this film like on Christmas, which is not really a Christmassy mood film. Mm. I watched Don't Look Up the new adam mckay film and uh yeah (laughs) i can't say too much because i mean the the film is not subtle like it's definitely political it's definitely controversial in a lot of ways um depending on your perspective of the world but what i really appreciated is that he really captures uh, the current human condition very, very well. And it's just horrifying seeing that reflected and like mirrored. <laughs> I agree. And, we, uh, oh, go ahead. 
I, I just I couldn't look away. Like there were definitely parts that I didn't like because they were too ridiculous. But overall, the film just it just really reflected where we are today, and it's scary. I agree. I would say also for people who haven't seen this movie or any of the movies, maybe we should give a quick synopsis. This one is just um, two scientists find out that essentially a comet is going to hit the Earth, a uh, planet level extinction, Armageddon style comet, and mm-hmm. they try to convince uh, important people to do something about it, essentially. Um, yep. But I agree. I To your point, I think McKay just has a knack for pinpointing the, the societal quirks that we have as humans mm-hmm. uh this isn't a spoiler but just a, a certain scene or a certain scene they're talking about you know they know this comet's coming you know they know they have a certain amount of time to fix this and yet these characters will still have a laugh over a, uh, a celebrity's breakup or you know yeah say, oh that's too bad and that's so true we get human us humans get so distracted nowadays over something so minimal and even knowing impending doom is upon us. I thought the way he could pinpoint those things uh, was really, uh, honestly, it was tough to look in the mirror after some of that yep. stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah I you watched all this, right? I watched, well, I finished it 10 minutes before we started recording. So yeah, very <laughs> recently. <laughs> and yeah, like it's definitely analogous to something like, like climate change, I think is what he's going for. Um, but hundred percent. Yeah. yeah. I mean, but there's a lot to be said about the pandemic as well. And, uh, mm-hmm. and yeah, you, I mean, you guys said it, said it all. It's, it's a harsh, harsh look at where we're, we're at in the mirror right now. And I mean, Adam McKay, he has a tendency to rub people the wrong way in the way that he approaches things. And it might, I think it is because he's so unabashed with what he's doing. Right. And he's very mm-hmm. in your face about it. And I think that turns a lot of people off. Because this movie's been getting quite mixed reviews and and some pretty harsh negative reviews, but uh, I would yeah I would say give it a chance and yeah make up your own mind. That's that would be my mm-hmm. advice. I'm going to be uh, I'm really curious come Oscar season how this does. Uh, the Academy weirdly loves McKay. I mean Vice got uh, quite a bit. Of, of nominations and I, I actually think this will too when it comes down to it um but i i will say panda i, I was gonna quibble that if this was a sci-fi or fantasy movie because i thought this actually <laughs> felt too real of a movie to be honest with you. yeah i wanted to talk about i wanted it to be on here so i didn't care that much but uh I, yeah it, the lines are a bit blurred but i do think i mean it is sci-fi because of certain technology that is pretty oh, prominent in that's the true. story yeah that's a good point and with like the the characters i'd say in 2015 uh politically i think this would have been a fantasy afterwards not so much what i will say is like the performances delivered by all these like a-list um celebrities like actors that it, it was pretty amazing Kate Blanchett was awesome. Oh my goodness. I didn't <laughs> even so recognize good. her. Like, it took me so long to recognize, like, wait, that's... Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Her and Tyler Perry were too good at that morning host. They were uh, so good. Yeah, they were. <laughs> it's just scary. I'd good. watch that show if 
Yeah, <laughs> if it were real, I'd watch it. <laughs> yeah, I'd say I would definitely uh, recommend people to watch it. If nothing else for, and people, everyone has said this, uh, good and bad, for Jonah Hill's performance. I mean, he's just uh, he, he's just a delight. I don't know how much of that was even scripted, but I, he's a gift that keeps <laughs> I wanted to punch him so many times, though. <laughs> yeah. Of course. <laughs> uh, um, anyway. All right, I'll go to my number five. I originally was going to put Ian's number two, but I held off because we'll talk about that. It's fine to leave a little cliffhanger there. But I'm going to go with James Gunn's The Suicide Squad. Um, It came out earlier in the year. Uh, This is The Suicide Squad, not Suicide Squad from David Ayer, which was not good. Uh, It was a very terrible movie. We do not need an Ayer cut. I'm going to say that first and foremost. Um, uh, Yeah, so... I saw this on HBO Max when it came out. I was honestly blown away by how much I enjoyed it. I think one of my main reviews for it was most DC movies, I come out of just mildly disappointing. Disappointed, and I, th- mm. I feel like they're a missed opportunity. It started with Man of Steel. I said this could have been so much better, but it wasn't. And from there on out, I've always said that. And this is the first DC movie, for me at least, where I've come out and I've said I would watch 10 of these with different characters, uh, whatever, just whatever storyline. But I, I came out wanting more, and I was so relieved. Um, I thought the chemistry between all the actors were incredible, quite frankly. And if you don't know the Suicide Squad, it's a bunch of reject villains and superheroes who are pretty much uh, working for the government on suicide missions, doing the worst jobs, and they have bombs implanted. in them. It's not it's anything crazy, um, but I... I, I was just, I love things that are different and weird, and there's no one better to do that than James Gunn, especially now that he has the shackles off. He's not working for Disney on this project, which I love Disney, but you can only go so far with what you create. Uh, there's parameters, you know, you're in a box a little bit, and, you know, he it's rated R, and he totally took advantage of that. No character was safe, which is a big theme of the Suicide Squad. Um and it, it was a delight. I, I The actress who plays... Uh, have you guys seen this, either of you? I have not. I have not, sorry. It's definitely one of those that I meant to, but then for whatever reason, I didn't. I would I definitely... I think it's the best DC live-action film they've ever put out. Ooh, I, um, okay. Post-Nolan, 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 post-Nolan. Not the Nolan ones, <laughs> but everything after that. Uh, it, really, it's it's so fun. Even and Green Lantern, you know. <laughs> I I will fight for that movie. I, I I can put that on a Sunday afternoon. I have no problem with that. I've um, never seen that one. Yeah, uh, you're not missing out. Uh, no, it, it but it's it's obviously gruesome. Uh, it's it's I found the humor funny. You know, it might be a little gratuitous. There's obviously mm-hmm. blood and gore, um, some vulgarity. Uh, I usually like that stuff. Um, and it's heartfelt. There, there's one character, I, I don't know her name. I've never seen her in anything. She plays this rat catcher character. Um, and it's it's a really sweet movie. And the way he's able to blend as a director, and you see, you've seen it in Guardians, the first Guardians 2, where you can have heartfelt moments, comedy, uh, mm. action, and things like that. He, he really knows how to do that stuff. And uh, the one letterbox review said, thank God for the Twitter trolls that forced him to leave disney and now he gets to make this and guardians 3 and i couldn't agree more oh i'm so happy that that he uh 
signed on to this project and a terrible title i will say the suicide squad but it, it's worth it. yeah, yeah that bothers me a lot <laughs> okay um and isn't uh isn't john cena's <laughs> character getting his own tv show too oh I is it i thought i heard something like that nice. he's getting his own hbo max show they had a trailer for it and uh it definitely he you <laughs> you saw fast nine right panda yep so i thought he was um fairly abysmal in that I, I don't think they did a good job i thought he was kind of like a cut just a cut out of just no personality and in this it's mm-hmm. he, when he does comedy there's another uh there's some hulu comedy he was in too that he's fantastic when he, he really he, he's got more range than honestly his counterpart in dwayne johnson maybe not batista but he's really funny and he he really makes this movie uh honestly i, I was blown away by how good he was and um yeah, he's he was a wow. A I was okay. I was surprised how funny he was. I, I I am convinced. I am going to watch that before the end of January. Highly recommend. Recommend. Um, nice. All right, let's go to let's see. Uh, no, we're not getting to you yet, Ian. All right, Panda, what about your number four? <laughs> okay, honestly, I had a really hard time with the slot because Ooh. I I'm still kind of torn. It's either Black Widow or Snyder's Cut for Justice League. Oh and <laughs> am I kicked off now? No, no, I'm not going to judge. <gasps> hey, whatever you, you enjoy. Um, well, yes. I, I mean, here, I, I fully am transparent about my movie taste. I mean, Transformers, Fast and Furious, like, you can judge all you want. Um, I love it. But the, I did end up going with black widow mostly because um i think it's it, it just has more of like the whole package than snyder's cut for um justice league honestly elena just like stole the movie yep scarlett johansson Agreed. was great as black widow and i really like her character but elena like oh florence Pugh is just such a magnet magnetic force i agree She's fantastic. hundred percent. She that this was, in my opinion, her movie. I know it's called Black Widow, but I think this was their way to introduce her into the MCU. She fits seamlessly into it uh, mm-hmm. with just her one-liners, uh, her presence. You know, I I was kind of worried if she she's. I mean, she's tiny. If you've ever seen her, I was like, <laughs> is anyone going to believe that she could actually, you know, kick butt? And she and it's. Hey, it wasn't even a question. <laughs> well, not, I'm sorry. I'm not against short people. I'm sorry. I just, you <laughs> well, never know. And uh, yeah, I'm with you. I think the movie was worth it to watch just for her, mm-hmm. literally for her and David Harbour. He was I mm-hmm. he had some good funny lines in that. So I, I did end up watching it um, on streaming, but um, and I was watching it like virtually with a few friends and we just all had a blast which i guess that's the other thing when we were talking about you know do you prefer watching it at home versus in the theater there are some pros of watching it at home where it's like i can talk to like have a real-time interaction with other people um to appreciate what we're all seeing together um and i i do wish that i also got to see it in theaters because the the feel of the movie um, it it was a bit diminished watching it at home, but overall it was great. I I do wish 
I wish Marvel made this movie earlier. I think the timeline really I know. screwed people. And I think they kind of hesitated on doing it. And it, it hurt them a little bit because you're never totally yeah. sure. I'm still kind of confused when this happened. <laughs> I mean, I know it takes place <laughs> obviously before Infinity War. But I still just like, I was just like, uh, I, I just don't, there's yeah. too many movies. You know, I, I it's can't not important. I know, I know, I know. Not important. <laughs> Yeah, I think so, it's Ian, you did see I think it? it's fine just existing on its own. Yeah, we saw it. Yep. I I enjoyed it quite a bit. I know some people are down on it. They're kind of like as what? far as Marvel, I don't know. I don't really know because I when I first went into it, I was apprehensive because I'm like this kind of looks like dreary and kind of just like mm. a boring spy movie is kind of the sense that you got. But there's a lot of life in this movie. And it's mm-hmm. quite a bit of fun. Yeah. And I enjoyed it a lot. And Flo- yeah, Florence Pugh is amazing. She's a star. She's an up and coming star for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, so that was your number four. All right, Ian. Let's uh, keep the superhero thing going. We'll get this over with. Your number four. Okay. <laughs> My number four is Spider Man uh, No Way Home, which normally I wouldn't default to all superhero movies being sci fi, but I think this one justifies it with the. Uh, with the idea of the multiverse, I think there's a lot of science fiction aspects to it that that make it fit this list. Um, but I don't I don't know how we want to approach talking about this movie. <laughs> so I think we'll, I'll just say right now is that I don't I'm not as hyperbolic as a lot of people are about it. Like I'm I'm still tempered on my uh, opinions about it, but I definitely enjoyed it. There's um, some aspects that I think were tricky to pull off that I think they actually pulled off quite well. And uh, it's fairly heartfelt in uh, how they Mm. build the characters more so than I would say the other two Spider-Man movies were the last two MCU Spider-Man movies were. And I think that they pulled it off really well, what they were trying to do. Mm -hmm. And you've both seen it, correct? I have. Oh yes. Twice. Twice. (laughs) So, So this was my number two. Um, uh-huh. I I was hyperbolic about it and still am. I try to <laughs> listen. I, this this will always happen. You have something that is so successful and gets so much praise. There's always, once you see it after that, I feel like a lot of people, not you, Ian, but I feel like people when you saw it in the reviews were like, "Well, is it really that good?" And it's like, okay, I get it. It's not Citizen Kane, but um, for me, a lot of this hinges. Eh, I, if you've seen the trailers, I do not think this is a spoiler to say, but I think a lot of it hinges on your enjoyment and your um, history with the Raimi films, the Raimi Spider-Man films. And if you, like I did, grew up with them and loved them, I mean, that was my first foray into um, comic book movies, that and uh, I guess X-Men, but I saw them all around the same time. Yeah. I, I do not I do not understand... Um, how they pulled off certain moments so seamlessly and so well that honestly should not have worked. Uh, <laughs> and I really trying to dance around things. Um, I think, <laughs> I think they integrated uh, certain moments. I'll say in yes, a fan servicey way, but ones that actually were contributing to the story and almost necessary to Tom Holland's story, Spider-Man's story. Whereas you've seen mm-hmm. other films, yeah. Even this year, such as Ghostbusters Afterlife, do it horribly and do it just for a cash grab, fan servicey way. And the fact that this was not that, well, it was definitely cash grabby, but because it's all about cash, but <laughs> they also did it. Um, that was telling, that was, uh, I, I couldn't believe that it was, some things were so vital to the story. 
even if you knew they were coming, yeah. because we're not idiots. I could not believe that the last hour of the film to me was perfect. For, um, for, again, someone who grew up on comic book films, and they're not my favorite. I don't, you know, I, I could give or take them, but uh, there's just some sort of nostalgia adrenaline that was shot into you. And when you talk about theater experiences, this I'm so glad I saw this on opening weekend. I called out yes. sick from work to go see it, and it was totally worth it. I, I, <laughs> I, I can't. It's it's that the theater experience. There's nothing like it when you have a, a room full of people who are kind of on the same wavelength and excitement as you are. Whether it's whether it's this, whether it's House of Gucci, you get excited to see Jared Leto. I mean, it's the same thing, and I, that's what I think. Listen, <clears throat> a year from now. This is probably, I'll probably, yes, I will probably like do more than this movie, but just <laughs> kind of see, and it's obviously a better movie. Um, but I, as an experience, I mean, it's just, it's something I will never forget. I will never forget sitting in that seat, watching those yeah. things for the first time. The fifth time, yes, it probably will be tired. But, um, <laughs> but, but that's just how it goes. I mean, it's, you know, so but, uh, Panda, what about you? Yeah. Panda, you saw it. Um, so I saw it, um, the day after Christmas. Uh, so I didn't see it like right when everybody else was seeing it. Um, I did find the first like half of the film to be okay. It was a bit meh. Um, it was just, it felt a bit clunky the way that they were building up the story and setting everything up. And then the second half of the film, I was like, okay, this is much better. Um, there weren't a lot of surprises for me. Um, like, I, I stayed away from the internet, you know, stayed away from spoilers and everything. But there weren't that many surprises for me. There was one particular thing that did happen that I was not expecting. And then um, what happened afterwards, I was like, okay, this makes a lot more sense. Um I did think they played up mm, a certain aspect a little too much and it just, it didn't quite work for me. Um, I understand why they did it, but it's just too kind of like beating your head with it. Um, so it did not make my top five. I think it's still a really good Spider-Man film. I will say, I do think, I noticed this on rewatch. I think Marvel, well, I think there's laziness in the writing at a certain point with some of their film, mm -hmm. recent films, definitely, where you know, I think they knew they had to get to a certain point in the story they wanted yeah. to get to, and they kind of bent rules to make this happen or to that, you know, and the storytelling, especially in that first hour or the first half is like, all right, well, you know, this is kind of ridiculous that it's getting, you know, <laughs> this probably wouldn't happen yeah. or this is not mine with character or something you've yeah you know, you've laid groundwork for last x amount of movies this doesn't make sense totally admit that and i noticed it 100 percent during the rewatch um but again I, I i agree it just that last hour i just think is it's movies are supposed to bring out <laughs> emotions from, i'm trying to you know yep. well that's what movies are i mean it, it makes you a kid again yep. um, whether it's superhero movies or or um uh, musicals or any type of thing and i that mm -hmm. did it so well um, at least on first watch again i'm just judging this on my first watch and uh the 10th <laughs> watch you know maybe doesn't hold up as well but yeah 
What are you going to do? I will confirm what you said. Like, mm-hmm. watching this with the theater was was pretty cool. Because, yeah, right, like, people were excited. And there were certain moments that happened, and people got excited, and it was like, it's been a while. <laughs> like, it's been a while since mm-hmm. this has happened. Right? Like, mm-hmm. like this kind of... It took me back to like Star Wars premieres, right? Where people would just get excited mm. about everything, and I, I, and it's fun. Like there's that communal experience that that really works. And I, yeah, right. And it definitely worked in this movie. And I was surprised. There were there were things that I did not think were actually going to happen because I mean there were rumors, and I'm like, well, I, I, okay, I, I we can't go there. No, we, can't, we can't go we there. Can't go but there. I was. I'll just no, say, no, 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 no. there's lots of things that I actually was taken aback by that. That were fun, pleasant surprises. I'll just end it with this. Um, I, I, I don't think this is a spoiler, but I was surprised by the way that they this movie uh, um, essentially affected previous <laughs> movies, I guess. And I'm not going to say which movies, but it honestly altered character, the way you look at characters in those movies. Hey, I could be talking about the Marvel <laughs> movies. You don't know. But, okay. Um, I think we're but, we're just really, really close right now. Yeah. Well, we're on the line. But I that just saying that was very impressive that they could actually do that in a believable way and um, an impactful way. So yeah. that's enough out of that. Go see Spider Man if you want to. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I'm pretty sure everybody has already. Look how much money it's made. <laughs> Everyone's seen it now. I would we're say billion, like uh, if you course. haven't if you haven't been spoiled yet, please go see it. Yeah. And then you can revel in all of the discussion. Yeah. Um, okay, so I'll go with my number four. Uh, this one might also be cheating, but I don't care. Uh, I picked, so for my number four, I did Old by M. Night Shyamalan, which is a uh, quick synopsis. Essentially, a family goes on vacation and they are at the hotel. They say there's this nice private beach that uh, no one really goes to and it's beautiful and they go there and they start aging very quickly uh, it's horrifying obviously no one wants that oh okay <clears throat> so you know an hour is actually three years and things like that and i'm not gonna you know it's an m night Shyamalan movie so i'm definitely not going to go into much more than that if you want to if that sounds intriguing to you or if you like him go check it out uh, but essentially it's my number four because i i, I have such an admiration for him for his um, devotion to telling original um, storytelling ideas, I guess, despite mm-hmm. um, any any and all criticism that he's gotten throughout the years. I mean, his career has <laughs> been honestly, a, it's like a, you know, a rolling hill where it's up and down and up and down. And he's still just vigilant in making things that he finds interesting. And it's just an, it's an original voice. And, and essentially they're, this was like a mid-level blockbuster, you know. It wasn't an indie, it wasn't big budget, but it was a mid-budget, and it made a lot, you know, a decent amount of money. And I can't think of anyone else who consistently does that. Um, and I just really liked it. I would say, you know, he has a twist ending in this, like every other one. He's he got, <laughs> you know, people made fun of the twist ending in this one, like they do with almost everyone uh, after the Sixth Sense. I don't think the ending was all that important to the story at all. The acting's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, the girl from Jojo Rabbit is in this, and she was now in the new Last uh, Night in Soho, Mackenzie, right. her name. But she's like, uh, I think she's one of the best up-and-coming actors uh, we have. And the cast is fantastic. The, you know, the, the way it looks on the beach, it's usually he films 
in Bucks County, Pennsylvania, outside Philadelphia, which is where I grew up. He's from the area. So Signs or the Sixth Sense, they're all around that area. This one's just on a beach for the majority of it. And he brings like a cast, one family, a couple families. It's like a small cast of characters. And, it's, you know, it's kind of, it's one of those movies where one set location where characters bounce off each other in this ridiculous scenario. I cannot imagine <laughs> being stuck with my family in any just one place for too long, let alone where we're all aging <laughs> too rapidly. <laughs> um, and... I, I got to give him credit. There's a character in this who's a rapper, and he named him Midsize Sedan. And you got to respect the balls. Oh, my goodness. Just names a rapper. <laughs> um, yeah, I, no, I, will, I don't know about you guys, your history with M. Night Shyamalan. Some might say, hey, you're putting horror in here. Because we could put horror on this list. I think that's genre fiction. But there's just so much horror that I do, that's kind of its own thing. I would argue M. Night is a genre of himself. I wouldn't even consider him horror. I think when you go to see his movie, like, yeah, what kind of movie is it? It's it's an M Night movie. It's so they all are, you know. So, but neither yeah. of you have seen this, I assume. I have not. I've only seen the trailer. Yeah, I yeah. honestly, I kind of forgot about it. <laughs> I was intrigued. I wanted to see it, and then I just kind of, I don't know. It it didn't get talked about a lot, and kind of just slipped under my radar. But thanks for I bringing it back. This. <laughs> I haven't watched his films for many years now. Yeah, it's horror is not my genre. Um, I would say you're right, Yeti, that he is his own genre. Like I can stomach his films a bit better than outright horror. Um, I am intrigued to see what the twist is in this one, just like how he resolves this whole situation um but it's not something that i'm like oh i have to bump it up on my list or anything yeah it's um yeah i think it was just refreshing again i kind of said it but you know we don't have these mid budgeted movies anymore you know they just don't make these or they're not as much yeah. and you can just go in and one viewing there's not there's no sequel there's no anything else it's just a, it's an original story this person this director wanted to tell and that's genre fiction you just never see it. It was so nice. Um, I think I rented it on Redbox. And I just sat down and just, uh, I don't know. And you have low expectations because it's M. Night Shyamalan again. Who knows what you're going to get. And it was just such a pleasant experience. The ending, I, I did have that feeling though, Panda, where um, this is a weird comparison, yeah. but the the, the Chronicle, uh, Thomas Covenant Chronicles, uh, the book series, have you ever heard of that? When I watched, or when I yeah. read those books, I just, I, I love those books, but the whole thing was, I just need to see how this ends. I need to read this to see what <laughs> Lena goes on. And I felt that with old too. I'm like, all right, what, you know, this is such an intriguing concept. And he's always so good at that with these weird concepts or, yeah. These, yeah. you know, fascinating things. And, you know, he deals with uh, a lot more than that in the themes, but that was a big pulling point for me. I will say the ending does not. Mm -hmm. You know, you will be disappointed. I'm sure if that's what you're totally going for. But. Oh, okay. <laughs> to, I didn't. I wasn't disappointed, but I could see why people were like, "Okay." I okay. see. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm intrigued. I'm gonna. I'm gonna try to check it out. I. I don't know where. What is it? Anywhere to watch right now, or is it just up for rental? I mm, wonder. I think I just know. rental, maybe HBO Max, but I don't think so. I think it's probably after rented on the iTunes Store or something. We don't have that up here in Canada. <laughs> I'll Venmo you. Don't worry. You can no always HBO Max. My treat. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, let's. All right, let's go to Panda. Let's do this. You're number three. This is going to be a big one. 
My also number my number three. three. I put Dune as my there number it is. three. There we go. So yep. my number three, your number three, Ian's Big Tamale. This His is number one. This is my number one film of the year. Absolutely. I think a lot of people are probably in agreement with Ian here. They are judging Panda and I quite heavily. <laughs> so hey, I, I can I can talk through why it's my number three. Yeah. Um, well, actually, when I reveal my two and my number one, um, but I really enjoyed it. I saw it twice. I saw it first in IMAX and then the second time uh, streaming, um, and I. I didn't have the issues that a lot of people seem to have with the audio. Like, I don't know if it was like no, the no volume issues. in the theater, um, but I, I didn't have issues with that. I, everything was pretty good for me. Um, I really appreciated the cinematography of this film. It was beautiful. Um, I, I should admit that I have never read the original text I did read a graphic novel adaptation of like the first part of the book. So um, I had more of an idea and understanding of what was happening because I read that. If I hadn't read it, I would have been more lost and I don't I don't think I would have enjoyed it as much as I did. Hmm. Um, and there's like the complaint about, because, you know, this is only part one, and then we have to wait for part two, and the way that part one ended, like, um, people have issues with it. I personally didn't. I mean, that was the part where the graphic novel did not cover, and I was like, I don't know what's happening, but cool. (laughs) (laughs) And I knew there was a second part coming, so I was like, all right. Yeah, anyway, um, I personally really enjoyed all the performances, the way that they changed some of the things um, from the original text. There is one particular scene from the books that did not make it in to the movie. And I really wish it had, although it would probably have been really hard to adapt that part. And for time's sake, I think they just cut it. So overall, I really enjoyed it. And I would totally see it again. Ian, you're number one? Yeah, I mean, I echo a lot of what Panda said. I actually, I don't have any of the major, I don't have any issues with the ending either. Um, but this was absolutely stunning in my view. Like I walked out of that theater and I turned to my friends and I said, I haven't been that impressed with how well a movie looks in a long time. Mm. A long time. Like mm-hmm. it wowed me. And movies were almost in this in this uh, weird spot where you know movies can do anything right there the technology is at a point where it's not you see a dinosaur and you're amazed anymore right but dune mm. actually amazed me with what they did and i i just i loved it i loved it it, <laughs> it was it seemed like it was tailor-made to me because i i have i read the books or the book a long long time ago but i've it's always been one that i've loved and i've read it a number of times since then um but i think even if i hadn't i would still probably love it it's it's just such a unique look to it and the casting is perfect like the casting Mm -hmm. is pretty much spot on i agree everyone does an amazing job uh denny villeneuve is becoming one of my top directors these days because a 
Arrival is like one of my favorite movies of the last decade. And when I heard he was making this movie, and then when I heard who was in the movie and what roles they were playing, <laughs> I was just so excited. And the fact that it it met and exceeded all the expect the high expectations I had for it really says something. I haven't been this excited about a movie yeah. in a long time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I'm a hundred percent with you. I, I the visuals, you know, it says something to filming on location. You know, so much is green screen now, and obviously the ships aren't real. But the way he fused on-location shots and practical effects with with actual CGI and got the looks he did. I mean, the one shot of the ship coming out of the water in the beginning, I, I like, I love, you know, I think before they were going to Arrakis, I like caught my breath. I was like, oh my God. I was like, this is, like you said, it's a childlike wonder when you're, at, you're sitting in there and you're like, how does this, how does okay. someone do this? Like, honestly, how does someone do this it was kind of like when i was a kid watching jurassic park i was like how was there a t-rex walking i was like this is not (laughs) real um so visually i agree i mean he was the perfect person to pair up with this story i like it that you guys talked about the casting and something i thought was very smart you know um this is uh, not a criticism, but I think with such a big book, it's hard to kind of convey the characters in such a short amount of time because the book, you get so much backstory. And I thought it was really smart yeah. to cast according to kind of what people expect. Like Jason Momoa, when you when Jason Momoa is in that role, you already <laughs> know if you know Jason Momoa, you kind of know that character. You know right. what I mean? You don't need to spend as much time. You're like, I get it. This guy is a bad, you know what? And he mm-hmm. obviously, you know, he can kick butt and he's vigilant and honorable oscar isaac you know he can bring that kind of gravitas you oh get my it. goodness serious, he was so good in this i i, I get goosebumps how so great good. he was that one scene where he's in the chair you know, mm-hmm. kind of like that. Mm-hmm. um but you kind of get chalamet obviously uh, you get more time with him and uh, his mom who i thought i thought his mom was incredible uh like Rebecca, Rebecca I'm blanking Hall. on her name, I think. Rebecca, yeah, Hall. Rebecca Ferguson? Hall. Or Ferguson. 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 Is it Ferguson? Or Hall? Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. right. Um, she was, I mean, th- their dynamic and chemistry together was great. And like, um, who was the other one? Oh, even Brolin. I mean, like, you know what you're getting. A <laughs> ser- like, I just, I thought it was so smart how they cast it, where you kind of already have these preconceived notions of these characters just by base two they cast. And so, mm-hmm. and, um, I thought, you know, I was a little worried with Dune. I've never read the books, but I know it's kind of a tough story to just tell in general to the masses. It's like, all right, how are people going to react to such a a different Lord of the Rings? It's easy. You know, you got elves, you got dwarves, there's a ring. You have to go on a quest. I mean, I think it's a little more straightforward than the politics with Dune. And I like that he didn't really try to over explain anything. He just lets you kind of figure it out. And I think it works. There's a certain economy of. Yeah, there's a certain economy of storytelling that he employs where there are certain details that we need to know, but he he is a, he's a good he did a really good job of cutting away the stuff we don't, right? The extraneous details mm-hmm. that that we the audience does not need to get bogged down in and just kind of keeping the core ideas there and introducing them in ways where he'll like like he's really good at connecting what we need. So for example, when you talk about how good Oscar Isaac is, there's one scene when they're on their home planet where him and uh him and Paul are they just meet together on the highland somewhere. Oh. And it's it's yep. just a very my favorite scene. It's a very small scene, but it does so much to connect the idea that these are yeah. as this is a family that cares for each other, which is something you really need as you go along in that movie, right? You need to mm-hmm. feel that. 
And he's really good at making those scenes work that well. Yeah, it really helps that Denis Villeneuve is a fan of mm -hmm. the original text and he knows it so well. So he's able to sift through, you know, all the details and really pull out those gems. <clears throat> he, he strategically wanted to make this movie um, when the, the, the studio first got the rights. He said, I think he was promoting Arrival or one of his movies. And someone asked him, hey, if you could make any movie next, what would you want? And he, he knew they just got the rights. And he said, dude, he said, I've always been a fan. and I love that story. And he said within a week they called him to, to make it. You're right. I mean, it just shows when you have someone passionate – there's two things. When you have someone, uh, I know I'm going to attack someone here, but when you have someone who's passionate about the work that they're doing, the, the story, you know, either grew up with it or anything, and one that are capable and talented enough to do it with uh, yeah. Denise Villeneuve, he, he, can, he pulls that off. Uh, with Rafael, the guy from Wheel of Time, I'm sorry, he does not, that's a, where he cannot pull it off. Sorry, I didn't want to get into a Wheel of Time attack mm -hmm. mode, but. Uh, oh, yeah. That's, <laughs> I'm just I saying, haven't you seen the show. The I haven't read the book, you. so. No, I don't care. He's just a good guy, but he. It's, but it's true. It's like he's very passionate about the subject matter. But in that case, I don't think he's, you know, capable to to do it. Whereas Villeneuve, mm -hmm. he clearly is. I mean, this guy's made masterpiece after masterpiece. I'm with Ian. Arrival, I think is. I think that's one of the best films I've ever seen. I think it's still his best movie. Um, and it's just you know he learned from Roger Deakins on a few movies. That's why it looks so good. I mean, there's mm -hmm. it's it was the whole package. So there's probably but also the. The, the source material, like the source material itself has what it takes to be this really good story. So whether it's with Arrival or Dune, like nods to the original creators. Yeah, yeah, because it's like this. It's a massively influential book. <laughs> like you just mm -hmm. mentioned Wheel of Time, like Wheel of Time takes a lot from this book and Star Wars takes a lot from this book. There's there's many huge properties after this that were very strongly influenced by dune so yeah it's got a solid pedigree behind it for sure mm -hmm. and a lot that means a lot of pressure yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he pulled it off for sure um all right that was dune i'm sure many people's number one just like ian uh but ian you're number three i have not seen this and i, I do want to say on dune that's the only movie that was on all three of our lists Oh, yes, it was. Yeah. All right. You're number okay, three. So my, my number three, uh, I'm going to be I'll be interested to see where this goes. So it's Eternals, uh, with, mm -hmm. which is the Marvel movie with a bunch of characters that nobody knows. Because <laughs> <laughs> I certainly didn't know any of them going into this movie. But and it's it's interesting because it's not very well received. And most Marvel movies are are quite well received, at least. Uh, but this one wasn't, and not just by critics, but not necessarily by fans either, which is interesting. So when I went to see it, I, I knew there was some of that negativity behind it, but I, I went the other way. I actually found it quite intriguing, and I thought it was really well done. It's it's not perfect. Like it's there. I think there's places they could have gone a little bit further with the weirdness to it, but. I think it's actually quite a more, I guess I should say, so it's the Eternals, which is like a group of uh, superheroes that are cosmic beings that have kind of been around for the history of the Earth is the, the story there. And they've kind of always been here, but never really made their presence known. And then it's kind of telling their story. 
um, and expanding the Marvel scope, I suppose. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was just really interesting. First, the story goes places I didn't expect it to. Like, there's quite a few twists and turns uh, that kept me genuinely intrigued. I didn't know any of these characters, but um, I think the movie mostly does a pretty good job of letting you learn who they are for the most part. And there's a mm-hmm. it's a big cast. Some get, I agree. Some get sidelined. Uh, but for the most part, yeah. I would say you learn the characters pretty well. And I just also think it's a lot more thoughtful than most of these Marvel movies are. Like, it's exploring some pretty deep themes. And, like, when I'm talking deep themes, mm-hmm. I'm talking, like, like um, religious belief, right? And uh, and yeah. the idea of fate or versus determinism. Like, it's exploring these ideas in interesting ways. And, yeah, I was, I was really impressed with it, honestly. I, I saw Eternals, um, and I really didn't know what to expect aside from what I saw in the trailers. Because, like you, like I didn't know these characters. I didn't know, you know, all the history. What I did appreciate about the film is that, and I don't know if, if you took this, um, you had this view as well, Ian. What you see in the trailers, it isn't actually representative of what happens in the movie yeah um yeah i think i'd agree there okay so like there were moments that happen you know before after the scenes that you see in the trailer that i'm just like whoa this gives me a different feel than what i saw in the trailer and i i was pleasantly surprised i really enjoyed that um my issue with the film was I felt that the storytelling was a bit clunky. Um, there are a lot of characters to try to weave together and there's a lot to establish. And it just was a bit of a rocky start for me. Um, and then towards the end, I was like, it, I couldn't, I couldn't see the film as its own thing because it's part of the Marvel universe. And I was like, how does this fit in the whole Marvel, like all of this Marvel backstory and all of the content that I've already seen. Um, And I had a really hard time with uh, putting that in context. So that took away from my enjoyment. Hmm, That's fair. I just kind of let it wash over me i guess i'm not really i don't know where how it's gonna play in like obviously it has to because there's some pretty big things that happen but right um i don't know i just and i think that's i just thought it was so bold i was was excited to see where it was going if i had seen it as its like own thing i think i would have enjoyed it more and same thing with spider-man like there are just like moments where i'm like you're in the Marvel universe. There are all these other characters. Like, how can you let this happen? What is the response? Like, it just, it's very hard to isolate that. Okay. Just focus on what the story is within this scope. But that, I guess that's more of a me thing. Yeah. I don't really No, I think that's, a fair... I think I'm okay with that, but yeah, <clears throat> I, I think that's fair. I think that's, I've seen that brought up uh, the last few Marvel movies where, you know, the the success of them kind of breeds this question of the further we get into <laughs> their storylines where um, you know like the, i'll just say the multiverse or whatever you're gonna have these questions like what's this person doing why wasn't this person involved and that stuff like that it's hard to kind of just take a film at the films just as it is um which is mm-hmm. you know I, I think that's just a marvel centric not maybe not problem but it's the own unique thing that 
they kind of have to deal with. Um, yeah, I didn't see Eternals. It comes out on Disney Plus for free in January. I will do that. Um, I'll, I'll ask mm-hmm. you guys. I, I do heard... recommend it. Yeah, I mean, you guys are selling it. You both liked it. Everyone else I've heard is not too thrilled with it. But um, the most of the part, the so you say they do get a decent amount of character work in? Because I've heard there's so many characters that the ones that do take a backseat or don't show up uh, within the first hour, like Brian Tyree Henry, I think, if people love oh, him, but he I doesn't know. show up yeah. till later, they thought. And there's a romance, there's a main romance in there. And then there's a secondary one that works way better than the main one. I mean, I, I feel like the most of the qualms are about <laughs> the are about the characters, and it is a big cast. I mean, I, I thought I I was um I can see if it's a little uneven trying to get fit everyone in and kind of connect with. It it is a bit uneven, mm-hmm. but at the same time, I'm like okay. I'm I'm going to go with it because this, I mean, I'm guessing that this is not going to be the only Eternals film. And, like, these other characters are going to continue, um, you know, in the Marvel Universe. So, I'm just, like, kind of, like, this is just the first installment of this arc. And there's definitely a hierarchy of which characters are important, more important yeah. than the others in terms of the story. And I think, but when you think about it, that's almost every movie. <laughs> like when you have yeah. movies of this big characters, some are the center characters, some are secondary yep. characters, some are tertiary. And yeah, so there's a group of 10, but they don't all hold the same weight in the story. And I think that's okay. I don't think I need to. I would also say like who the actual main character is. I was not expecting. No, that. they hid that. I was surprised. The, they hid that in the promotion for sure. Yeah. I was yeah. also surprised. And I pre- pleasantly, and, like I thought, I thought. Yes, pleasantly really surprised. Yeah. Um, real quick, I'll just ask you: Do you guys are you a fan of Chloe Zhao? Did you like Nomadland? I was pretty lukewarm on I've that movie. I've never seen. I did not like I've never Nomadland. Seen it. I actually, but although I will say, I I wish that she would have put a little bit more of her stamp, even not liking Nomadland that much. I there were glimpses of things that like her visual style and things like that, that I think she should have leaned into more. And I think would have made this movie a little bit more special even like you can, you can tell that she's reining herself in at times, but there's some scenes that are just gorgeous. Like, yeah, Mm -hmm. very, very nice looking. All right. So Eternals at number three, there you have it. So now we're all going into our top two. This is the big stuff. Um, (laughs) I will skip mine. Mine was no way home. Remember? I have no shame about it. I'm not living in hyperbole. I swear to God. Anyway, but um, we'll go. You're allowed Panda. to. So, absolutely. No, I know. I know. I definitely. Um, so, Panda, you're number two. I haven't seen it. I've just. I've heard a lot of people who love it, and I've heard people who are disgusted by the end of the movie and how it kind of is a disgusting corporate cash grab, and it's everything wrong with movies. So, I want to hear you defend it. Well, he set you up for that, eh? <laughs> um, okay. So, I'll just say what the title is. At my number two spot is Free Guy, which I was so skeptical when I saw the trailer the first time. I was like, what the heck is this film? And it felt a bit like Lego movie vibe to me. Um, and I was, I like Lego movie, but I was like, you know, it's, it, but it works with the Legos with the free guy stuff. There was a film a long time ago 
I think it was called like Branded or something. It was like this very small film where like all these um, corporations and brands were basically sentient kind of things and feeding off of humanity and the economy. Anyway, so the way that the trailer was, it gave me kind of that vibe. It reminded me of that film and I did not like that film. And so I was like, I don't know. But I watched the trailer again and a few more times. I'm like, you know what? It's growing on me. And I do love Ryan Reynolds and his his humor and the way that he's able to be funny but direct um, and still so likable. And I was like, okay, I'm going to watch this film. And I watched it with my brother. He had already seen it. And he was like, yeah, I liked it. And I was like, okay, all right, we're going to watch this film. And I, I just had so much fun. I loved it. Like, the humor and... What I wasn't expecting is how deep the themes that they actually explored were. Um, I mean, it, like existential kind of themes. And it has a lot of heart, which you kind of expect because it's Ryan Reynolds. Um, but there are also like small moments in there because it's also a Disney property. Um, you got to see some fun like little references throughout and it's a film that's like set in a video game world so they can do like whatever they want um and taika Waititi, there's also that so (laughs) he's definitely something in that movie (laughs) Mm -hmm. so you saw it ian um you watched this as well yes i have seen free guy i don't really like it (laughs) there there you go don't hold back too bad I, uh, but I don't know. Like, I'm not gonna begrudge uh, Panda for liking this movie. Like, my wife loved it too when she when we watched. It, like, she came out of that movie loving it, uh, and for a lot of the reasons. Like, Ryan Reynolds is a very likable guy, um, and it. I do agree with you that it does touch on some interesting ideas. Like, it's almost. I think in my review I said that there's kind of an argument against nihilism in this movie, which is. Um, you know, mm, which is mm-hmm. which is nice. And I do think it has something to say about just the nature of creating art as well. I think they mm-hmm. they touch on that a little bit too. Um yeah, but I I don't know that I found it as fun though, <laughs> personally. It did not melt your cold, cold heart. No, I guess not. <laughs> <laughs> so can I so when I was to, so about like No Way Home, where I was saying there's moments that are fan servicey, but you know, are, are you know, help the story. Whereas some people have complained. Again, this I haven't seen it, but I, I watched a clip of the scene. The end of the scene, mm-hmm. there was a fight scene, and you said this is a Disney property, and the film uses the fact that this is a Disney property to, I, I would say, mm-hmm. so. I, I think people are saying it's kind of is this where we're getting to in film where all a company or a movie studio has to do is insert these like, oh my God, look at this moment. It's, you know what, to mm. kind of get excitement in the in the face of everything else, storytelling or anything else. I get, I understand it's cool. And again, I haven't seen the movie, so I'm not mm-hmm. judging. I, I probably would flip yeah. out with this too. But I do think it's a kind of worrying trend where studios are looking at this and say, we could just do this in other films, totally unrelated to this even though I know it has a video game centric backstory, but I do think people yeah. were put off by that 
that exact moment I think I'm talking about. Are you at the end? I would agree if the rest of the film was meh. Mm-hmm. Which for me, like the rest of the film stands on its own. And those like fan service moments were just like cherry on top. Um, and I mean, like with with uh, Spider Man, there there was a particular uh, reference at the end, like to say, "Hey, I am I am a Disney family." Uh, yes, I don't know if you remember, um, but it, anyway, so I think those moments, like if that was all that was exciting in the film, then yeah, that would be a problem. But you enjoy the rest of the film, even if that moment wasn't in there. Good point. Uh, so last thing, I'm not poo-pooing. Just what are your guys' feelings right now on Ryan Reynolds? I I grew up loving him. Do we feel like he's a little oversaturated? Like you said, when you see Ryan Reynolds, you kind of know what you're getting uh, a little bit. Like just what he gives off, the type of performance. I mean, he was in Red Notice. Yeah. Red Notice, I'm sure he was the same character as he was in Free Guy and the same one he was in and uh, when he popped up in a certain Fast and Furious spinoff. I just feel like, are we? is he oversaturating himself or are we not sick of him? Are you guys still good? Uh, personally, I am not sick of him. Like, I will watch his commercials for his, like, cellular company <laughs> that I can't even use because he's Canadian. That's a Canadian company, you know, um... So personally, I am not sick of him. I I feel like we're we are always mean to our comedy actors because what we what we what draws us to them and makes them funny eventually it's exactly what you say it gets oversaturated and suddenly we're we turn on them for doing what they always did to make us laugh and so I always kind of rebel against that so I'm I'm fine with him like he he can keep doing what he's doing it's fine. He's Canada's darling. Did you I'm see sorry. that Canada actually made a, an a, an appreciation video for Ryan Reynolds? I'm Canadian and I did not see that. No, <laughs> I will send you okay, the link. You should do that. But yes. <laughs> anyway, <clears throat> okay. No, I, I I love him too. I mean, I I grew, again. I grew up on him. Just Friends is like one of my favorite comedies ever. I think it's one of the most underrated Christmas movies. I consider a Christmas movie. Um, I don't think you know, I've seen it. Never seen Just what? Friends. Oh my! Him, Anna Faris. No. Ugh. No. Oh that was filmed in the it's, city just. I south need. Of me. I need to watch it. Where was it filmed? In the city, just a couple hours south of me. Oh. In, in, in Regina. Yep. It's, it's notable because nobody else films in Regina ever, especially <laughs> not in winter. But they did it for some reason. <laughs> yeah. It looked like it snowed a lot there. It was. Um, yeah. <clears throat> Fun fact: in high school. As a gift, my girlfriend at the time got me the movie Just Friends. Um, we did not date. Oh. Much. <laughs> <laughs> that is a sign. I mean, wow. Ouch. Yeah. I would say it was worth it because that movie was fantastic. So, uh, anyway, moving on from that sad topic. Uh, the next number two. Okay. So I almost put this in. And this is Ian's number two. And it is indeed quite the film. Oh, yeah. So I'm going to go with my number two is The Green Knight. Uh, which came out this summer and directed by David Lowry, which is kind of like a Arthurian legend. So it definitely fits in the fantasy category. There's a lot of fantastic elements to it. 
and it's like based off of an old old tale uh, of Sir Gawain and his basically I don't really understand <laughs> the motivation behind it but there's this giant tree guy and then he fights the giant tree guy and then about a year later he has to go get his head cut off from the giant tree guy that's the story <laughs> why I don't know uplifting yeah uh, but it's it's interesting because it's a movie that's kind of told as you would expect one of these old tales to be written. Like it's a series of vignettes basically on his journey to do whatever he's doing. And I just thought it was an interesting tone. You don't really see much in movies anymore. Um, And I enjoyed it. There were parts where I was like, okay, I don't know that I'm going to like this movie. Uh, But, and there were, there were some of these vignettes that didn't really work as well for me as some others did. Uh, But the ending kind of, tied it all together i really liked i think it has a really strong ending that really worked well for me uh and yeah i really enjoyed it overall yeah this i i think i popped on the discord right after i saw this movie and i was like i just walked out of the theater in a daze and i don't know if it feel good about <laughs> it or bad about it but i was like that was <laughs> an experience um but but i couldn't stop thinking about it did you see this panda i didn't um i do regret not having seen it so I'm not going to do spoilers, but essentially Ian, the story, uh, Ian hits it, but it's kind of about a character who desperately wants to be a knight. You know, that is his goal. He sees Mm -hmm. the glory in being a knight. He thinks, you know, he, in the beginning, he brags to his girlfriend and mom. That's, that's what his goals are. And essentially I took from the story that he, he makes these motives in each vignette, uh, as Ian said, that were kind of un- without honor i'd say uh, some of them more mm-hmm. subtle than others and at the you know the end of the story he has to fight this or go back to this tree guy as he said and get his head cut off and um it is a powerful ending but i don't i don't really want to spoil the themes but i guess there's more uh, just showing there's more to knighthood than you know the glory and that could be interpreted for anything you know there's more to mm-hmm. being successful to getting to yeah. that success, successful spot on the way, you have to live your life in this manner. You know, that's what mm-hmm. it's about living your life with honor, not getting to that thing. And the way it's told, and uh, like you said, each little, these little chapters with new different like characters he meets, uh, things like that, it's, it's honestly um, an experience. Uh, so I was kind of in a daze. And this, the visuals in this movie, again, for the low budget, I was kind of astounded i mean there's a scene with these walking giants where i was um i don't know i was just kind of again in the theater by myself because no one else saw this i was just looking around like this is incredible stuff and if you like that kind of yeah it's like arthurian folklore like it like when i think of arthurian i think of like kind of like i don't know more medieval and this was but it was definitely like a folklore feel to it where it's kind of you don't know what's real and what's not myth. more than historical right Right, yeah, yeah. We had a, it was so unique, and um, I, it was just wasn't was that what I was expecting. The trailers, uh, I think, you just don't know. It just looks like a revenge, not revenge, but like a, I don't know, an ep- maybe more epic, I guess. Um, and it's just really more personal. And uh, that actor is just uh, Dev Patel. I mean, he was so good in this. I know he's not going to get a Best Actor nomination, but um, and unfortunately, I don't think this movie's going to get a visual nomination, which is a crime. But uh, yeah, this is. I could put this in anywhere in my top 10 from one to 10 and it would make sense. It's really, I mean, if you're a fantasy fan, I feel like you have to see it. Uh, it might not be what you're expecting. It probably isn't, but it's, 
I you'll leave the theater and you'll think about it the next day. Like you know, it's it's really something else. So Panda, go for it. I will have to figure out where I can see this film. Yeah, I'm not really <laughs> sure actually. I haven't yeah seen it pop. I'm not even sure it's up for rental or anything yet. I hope I so. Find yeah. or wait. That's again. That's the problem with like. It's just tough. Let just let us see the movies. Let's you know. I feel like it's been so hard to see. Like, I'm Licorice Pizza just released. I'm like I've been waiting like three months for this. Sorry, going off, but man, it really makes it harder to see movies these days with so much yeah. content out there. It's like come on, but yeah, um, that's a great pick. That movie is. I should have put it on my list. Suicide Squad. <laughs> um, all right, so we're going into our number ones. Um, I'll st- I'll start off Why with my number. Why don't you do one. it? Yeah, I haven't said my yet. So my number one, and I don't think either of you have seen this. It's Mitchell's versus Mitchell's versus the Machines. Uh, it re- was released on Netflix, I think, way earlier in the year. Uh, it's from the same production company as Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. The mm. the art style is not you know it's not the same exact like that, but it's equally unique it's its own thing i've never seen any art style like it just like when i saw into the spider-verse i've never seen anything like it and it's essentially about a family of four uh katie is the main character she's about to go off to college she's sick of her family you know she can't wait to get on her own and go to film school and do cool stuff with friends and her dad said instead of flying well we'll take a family trip and drive there and it'll be a road trip and she said to her, this is like the end of the world. This is the worst thing that could happen. And then literally it is the end of the world. Robots attack. And it's such a, um, it's such a, if I'm a, I have a stepdaughter and she's like 10 years old and it's a, a father daughter story that makes me like laugh with tears and then makes mm. me literally cry with tears. Uh, I hate to be that guy that's on a podcast saying, yo, I'm a dad and I have a daughter. But um, when no. you have when you have kids, you see movies in different lights. You just watch them. They mean mm-hmm. different things to you, you know, as when you're a teenager. And this one is so the balance between, you know, the same with Into the Spider-Verse. There was such heartfelt moments between Miles and his parents. The same goes here uh, with Katie and her father, uh, you know, just growing up and kind of the things that were <laughs> you did with your parents when you were nine or something are now obviously embarrassing and you can't now you're a teenager and you can't wait to start a life of your own it's so uh, you know it's not a original story but it's done so well mixed in with i mean the dad's played by danny mcbride i don't know what else to tell you i mean the movie is so funny they do so many these you know the quick cuts to flashbacks to previous vacations um that are just so mm-hmm. timed well and just i literally laugh out loud funny the voice casting is incredible with um like I said, Danny McBride, Abby Jacobson, uh, Maya Rudolph as the mom. And then you have like bit players oh. like Conan O'Brien and Beck, uh, the Beck, <laughs> Beck guy from Saturday Night Live. And it's just Jay Farrow. It's, it's just loaded and it's so um, well done. Uh, there's giant Furbies that attack in this. And it's, it's really, <laughs> I, I can't wait to see what the studio does more, uh, you know, obviously into the Spider-Verse really put them on the map and they do the Lego movies, Phil, Phil Miller, uh, Phil, the Lord Miller company. Um, but I, I mean, this was when we talked to do this, say who are top five and, you know, see if we can think of some, this was immediately my number one. I mean, it was like the easiest oh, okay. decision and <clears throat> real quick, I don't know about you guys when you pick movies or your favorite movies of all time. If you just like close your eyes and thought about them, I would guarantee you're 
laptop, whatever, they're all very rewatchable. You could, oh, you've always put it on. You're always mm-hmm. like, this is a comfort. And you know, that's for me, this is, it sneaks right in there. I mean, it's just, you, you don't yeah. get sick of watching it. And um, I would, you guys would love it. I really think it's, it's incredible. And I hope it wins best animated feature this year. It's a lot of competition this year, I think, but um, I would love to see it happen. So. I've been awesome. meaning to to see this film. So with your very high praise and endorsement, um, I am definitely bumping it up to my on my list. It's on Netflix. Yeah, that's this is actually recommended to me by my six year old niece. <laughs> but it's also kind of the reason. Aww. It's also the reason I didn't see it because she's like, "You should watch this," and I said, "Okay." And then I thought, "Well, actually, it'd be cool to watch it with her." And so I was kind of waiting and holding off of like. Because she's so funny to watch movies with. She's always got a running commentary. Yeah. But then that just never <laughs> happened. So I've never, I was holding out. And I, so I haven't seen it yet. But it does have, um, it's one of those movies where it's, you know, obviously very funny for kids. But most, I think it's more adult. Not It's not even adult humor. Mm. It's just like, it mixes the two kind of comedies really well, where it's super funny. And me personally, I, I watch animated kids, not just with my daughter. I watch by myself all the time. It's not even like... So oh, same. I, yeah, yeah I love animated films. And so I, you know, um, it holds up again. Wally has a special place would, in my heart. Oh, that is I love Wally. Movie. Yes. Um, so yes, I would Great implore pick. everyone I, to watch it. I will go on the Discord and tell people I'll pay them to... Well, it's on Netflix. I'll pay my... <laughs> subscription to people watch it. Oh, just doling out money, as always. Um, no 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 don't do that <laughs> so uh, dune was your number one ian any last dune words on it one. do we get it all out in there i think we i think we said enough it's fantastic it's my top not just science fiction and fantasy of the year it's my top movie of the year probably my top movie of like the last three years so there we go wow yeah i loved it nice. wholeheartedly i'll just say i'm gonna be it's going to get nominated for the Oscar for Best Picture, Best Director, and I'm going to be rooting for it like I was rooting for Parasite, just begging it to win. I don't think it will, mm. but I, I'm well, I'll be I don't think for it will it. either. I but it, I really hope it does. But well, I, there's a lot of categories that should win though that I hope. So we'll see. Yeah, visuals. It'll. Be I'm good. hoping. All right, Panda, you're number one. I love this movie. I'm ashamed <laughs> I didn't put it on it, but I, I did rave about this one. All right, my number one. When you were saying that, hey, I bet your number ones are like the most rewatchable, for me, you are correct. I saw this film three times in theaters with different people. Um, but every time somebody was like, hey, do you want to watch it? I was like, well, I've already seen it. But you know what? Yes, I'm going to go see it again with you. It's Shan chi and The Legend of the Ten Rings. And um, is this a perfect film? No. However... It is a nearly perfect film for me. Um, and it's it's not just like because I love the Marvel Universe. Um, there are very sentimental reasons for me why I really, really love this film. As an Asian American, like it was so incredible to see the representation on the screen in a way that was not forced and it was not just the stereotypes it felt real there are particular moments that i can think of where it was like wow this is like i have experienced this this is authentic to me um and also aquafina like 
I love Aquafina. Yeah, <laughs> I wish I could be her friend. <laughs> I've been on her train um, since she arrived. I love her. <laughs> she just has that that char- charisma. She's just kind of like Florence Pugh. Like when they're on screen, they steal the show. Yeah. Um, and I'm I'm also sentimental about this one because. Um, it's the first film that I saw with my boyfriend and it was like at the beginning of our Disney trip that we were doing in September and it really set the tone for, for that trip for us, like how much we enjoyed it. We now have inside jokes because of it and it just has so much more meaning to me because of that on top of everything else. So for me, this is my number one pick for SFF movies this year. That's awesome. Lovely pick. Yeah. And yeah, it, it's so much nicer when you have that connection to it. Like you, you kind of feel like it was made just for you. Do you kind of, mm-hmm. and then, but like, not at there the same are definitely, time. Yeah. Yeah. Like there are definitely ridiculous moments. I'm like, why did you go that route? But <laughs> there was so much like, the visuals, the character work, the the way that the humor comes across. Like, I've seen it three times and I still laugh. Um, so, yeah, it, it holds up. I thought a lot of that was carried by the two main actors. Like you said, Aquafina and, don't want to butcher his name. Simu. Simu. Yep. Simu. Um, I mean, just them on the airplane riffing about when the person's mm-hmm. asking chicken or steak was it or something like that or veggies and they're like oh well chicken they're like well we don't have chicken like chicken or steak they're like mm-hmm. uh, or i guess steak you know they just together they were just so seamlessly um wonderful together either as friends platonically or not i'm still a little unclear what how that's gonna shape up but just those two together i thought uh kind of made yeah. a movie i i found i love this movie i, I again rewatchable is definitely it i thought the first hour was like perfect for a marvel movie um i almost kind of wish we got mm-hmm. more like inner city stuff where he's the butt like that bus scene is that set piece is it's unreal mm-hmm. i mean it really is it's hard to take your eyes off him when he's fighting and it, you know it um kind of evoked jackie chan like 90s jackie chan rumble in the bronze mm-hmm. stuff like that where he's using props uh, to fight and uh i i couldn't get enough of it i um i'll say oh and and the villain Tony yeah. Liu, mm-hmm. he, I mean, Liang. I, I love, like, people say, you know, you know, villain parts are obviously one of the best parts, and usually they get, you know, big-time actors. It started after mm-hmm. Die Hard, kind of, you're going to get these big actors to play villains, and or maybe Die Hard 3 has started. But he, like, legitimately is a fantastic actor. You could say he is punching above his weight in this movie, mm-hmm. like, he should not be in it. And I thought he was one of the best villains in Marvel, I don't think it's the flashiest villain. I agree. But his the way he can... I'm not going to give a spoiler, but there's a moment at the end where he he just looks at his son. And just the way he can he acts with his eyes is so powerful. Um, the speech he gives that... <laughs> seriously, it's it's kind of... It tells so much and just, like, brings it all together, his relationship with uh, Shang-Chi. And it's like, man, that is like... A lot of that just... I don't know. I think people take stuff like that for granted, physical acting and Mm -hmm. what you can do with just, and especially in a seed, you know, at the end, it's a lot of CGI, you know, when they're acting, that's all on a green screen and the things he's doing. I loved him. And I didn't, you know, 
ashamed to admit, I haven't seen much of his work. So I've been, um, I did watch the, uh, the long Kung Fu movie where there's a lot of leaves going around. They swoop, uh, I forget what it's called. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I'm blanking on it. You Are probably you need to give us a little bit tiger? more. No, no, it's not crouching tiger. It's um, oh okay, that is it's it's like um, it's a kung fu one, okay. but it, yeah, it's all right. I didn't do enough research. But anyway, he was in it, and it's like, man, I got to go through his whole oh, okay. filmography now after watching. Oh, I think I, his... I was laughing. I was laughing when you mentioned his eyes because there is an, a video on YouTube about him acting with his eyes. It's like 10 minutes long. Really? I will find it and I will send it to you. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to, if you want to, oh, you ch- can look it up. <laughs> one of his more notable roles is Yeti is uh, a movie called in the mood for love, which yeah, is kind of like this it's on HBO max. And yeah. I would it. highly recommend it. It's, I think you'll like it. And he's very, very good in that movie, but I agree. He's a fantastic villain here too. Mm-hmm. It was hero. That's what it was. Hero was oh, hero. <clears throat> yeah. Anyway, but yeah, in the mood for love, that that was like the first one where I was like, all right, I'm watching this because it's more of like a drama. Like I want mm-hmm. everything he has to give. I need this person in my life. <laughs> um, and so going back to Shang Chi, uh, you got if, to give your favorite scenes. But this was this had one of my favorite scenes in the whole year uh, of like any movie. Ooh. Just one scene. Uh, the bus scene was great, but the scene where his father meets his mother um, and that kind of ah. dance fight. That was beautiful. I mean, that again, I, you know, the, the way with the leaves and the wind and the, you know, dance fighting and kind of just establishing someone falling in love with, you know, in a quick five minutes, That if that's all you have, that was a beautiful way to do it. And man, that movie, I, I'm with you, Panda. That, there's so much um, to like about it. But yeah, good pick. Great number one. I will say, um, and this is kind of a thing with Marvel films. I do wish not every end of the movie had to be a big cgi battle um i understand why they had to do it i guess but kind of in the wandavision tv show they did it too where it was going so well and it's like well we kind of need with a we need to end with a bang i think it was cool to look at but um sometimes i wish because like i don't know about you guys but this movie felt the least marvelish like i could I, if they didn't have any marvel references to this i'd be like this is just a cool uh, martial arts movie mm-hmm. magical martial arts movie um and i really appreciated that kind of standing on its own in a sense Uh, it's really only at the end yeah like there it's kind of sprinkled throughout but like at the end then it was like okay yes you are part of the marvel universe right but also the need that ending to put it to unabashedly put it on this science fiction fantasy list (laughs) because it's it's undoubtedly (laughs) fantasy at that point (laughs) yeah that's a good point yeah wow well, that, I mean, there's the whole Ten Rings thing, I suppose, yeah. like yeah. leading up. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, that's our list. I thought, again, I thought that was a really cool list. Uh, all of ours. There's again not a lot of overlap. We talked about a lot of, um, you know, a lot of different things, a different kind of movies. I think everyone would enjoy who's listening. You know. Yeah. Aren't you proud of me that I did not put F9 in my top five? Oh, <laughs> I love the Fast and Furious films. I'm not. <laughs> Fast, I've, I think I've argued on the Discord. I think Fast Five's like legitimately a top three action movie ever. I, would, I know Ian didn't was a little let down by it, but I, I, I that's a masterpiece. I like which is the one I like. I like the sixth one quite a bit. The sixth one, yeah. The sixth. Oh well, we can talk about this later. <laughs> well, let's. I guess we'll try to wrap up a little bit, but let's. How about we talk about some honorable mentions? There's a lot we didn't mention. 
uh, talk about, because we only had five. Um, I'll let <clears throat> Ian, do you want to start? Or Panda, whatever. Sure, I only have a couple. Um, yeah. One I'll mention is kind of a, I mean, it's it's a goofy popcorn whatever movie, but it's Godzilla versus Kong, which I oh, enjoyed yeah. quite a bit. Thank you. There's some uh, human elements to that that I don't really care, but Godzilla and King Kong themselves, oh, they're awesome. I love the character designs, and it's just a lot of fun, especially for fans of the old movies. Uh, and then the other one would be the Pixar movie Luca, which I'd say doesn't rise oh, to nice. the heights of Pixar, but it's it's a nice, fun, fantastical story. That I've heard it's fun. Yeah, it's yeah. fun, and I think it's it would be a really good one for kids. So mm. those, I guess those will be my two. Luca, I I hate I just liked um I like I hate being this guy about length, but it was so it was super short and it was like I kind of liked that. That was, oh. that was probably one of the shortest Pixar movies I've. Again, I love long and short movies, but it was just very noticeable how it was like kind of like a cute, quick story that if you have young children, their attention spans aren't great too. So it's always nice when that happens. Uh, but yeah, visually that was another one that looked really good. Sorry, Pam. oh no no um. I haven't seen either of those, but the Legendarium did do um, an episode talking about Kong Godzilla versus Kong. Um, I did listen to it, and they actually made me want to see the movie <laughs> because before I was like, eh, "It's another Godzilla film. Do I really want to see it?" But yeah, they they made me want to see it, and so I will. It's entertaining. It's I mean, it's it's what you want out of those kind of movies. I mean, you're not yeah. bored. Say what say what you will for mm-hmm. Gareth Edwards Godzilla, but it kind of drags a little bit. Um, and the most important thing, it answered the question of who would win. And thank thank goodness for that. <laughs> it did so actually answer the question, which I appreciate. Yes, it yeah. did. <laughs> yeah. And they were correct. It was the right and... answer too. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Panda, how about you? I mean, I've already mentioned every single one of the ones that um, I've seen, yeah. but. I will just say, like, I know you're not a fan, Yeti, but oh I'm really, go. really glad that Zack Snyder got the opportunity to redo Justice League because the first one was atrocious. And, I mean, I am actually not a Snyder fan. I I do not like his Spider-Man, or not Spider-Man, Superman mm-hmm. um, movies, and Batman versus Superman was terrible. Um, but I think he really did do justice for the justice league like i love the animated uh justice league shows and the films um and i was very excited that one of the characters that had never been adapted into a live action film got the opportunity to show up in this one and like that character was not present in the theatrical release. Mm-hmm. And even though the Snyder Cut is really, really long, um, just treat it as like, you know, a four part a four parter miniseries. Um, yeah. I guess I, I more am just uh, just the way it came about, I feel like the fan base got a little toxic and kind of Oh, I see. Out. There's more of the point where it's like, if we're letting that kind of behavior dictate sometimes getting, there's passion and then there's just, I don't know. I, yeah. I think that it's a weird line. So that was more, it's nothing against. I see what to, you mean. You know, um, 
but you know, it, it, yeah. It, I mean, we're seeing that with we're seeing that with um, George R. R. Martin and Patrick Rothfuss, right? Like in the book community, and definitely. I totally agree. Like that's just really uncalled for. Um, but I do appreciate like what he made um, and the <laughs> the mistakes that he fixed. Because like the villain in the theatrical cut was like what that is so disappointing yeah. and it was so much better in the new version anyway um yeah i will agree that it improved the movie yeah there's no doubt yeah it did improve the movie i agree i don't know if i'd put a director's cut of an old movie on a 2021 list so that's my <laughs> i personally wouldn't do it it you came can out do in 2021 but it's it's basically a new film that's yeah, like it's, it really it's a new film yeah and Sorry, one more thing. There's a very emotional scene to me. And I, I mean, it, it's meant to be emotional. But like, if you've seen the animated um, Justice League, like, I think it yeah. hits even more with this one particular character. And it just, I, I don't know why they would have taken it out the way they did um, from the theatrical hmm. theatrical release. But anyway... I will say lastly, it is just such a rarity to get a director's 100% clear vision of something and like a full four hours of it. I mean, that's when is that going to happen ever again with the way studios need to make money and, you know, kind of control things. I mean, it's again, it is kind of rare to see that for sure. Yeah, I do think streaming has made that more of a possibility because they don't have to deal with constraints of distribution like when you have to do it in theaters but yeah um all right i'll run i i think i've seen more movies than you guys because i have no life but i'll run through some uh that are definitely worth watching Uh, actually one that's not but so uh animated (laughs) film you guys kind of brought it up um uh raya and the last dragon or ray and the last dragon uh was a incredibly fun movie i mean i don't think it um you know breaks any, you know, it's nothing crazy new, but it's so fun. It's a great adventure story. Um, Aquafina is great in it, as she always is. I've been with her since the farewell. I love her. Um, I just watched Encanto, the Colombian-inspired mm-hmm. musical, fantasy musical. That is like, oh, that was almost, that was one of the best movies I've seen this year. I'm like debating. It was, I didn't want to put it. Wow. I only wanted animated one animated film in my list, but. Uh, the way it's essentially about a family who all have magical powers at like a certain age, they all get it. And the one, this one girl does not get powers, you know? And I kind of brought up, I, I, when I was watching it, it kind of felt like, an, uh, you know, they're kind of sending this message kind of, you know, I'm straight, but of a, a gay person growing up in a family full of straight people and kind of what that does kind of fracturing mm-hmm. a family. Again, I might've read too much into it, but I did go on letterbox and like one of the first reviews I saw was something about that. So I was like, okay, I can see that might have been a uh, oh, wow. thing. Uh, but also the music is like one of my favorite. It's the music's done by Lin-Manuel Miranda. I think Disney mm-hmm. hitching their wagon well, to him is one of the smartest part, things. Yeah. yeah, one of the smartest <laughs> things they've done uh, in the last 10 years. Uh, honestly, some of the songs I think are actually better than the songs in Moana. And I love Moana. Like, I love Moana. Um, <laughs> so, and again, a, a a diverse movie it's based on colombian culture which is always cool kind of what you're saying panda where people are going to watch that who can relate that didn't normally weren't 
able to relate, you know. Um, okay, quickly I'll go to Mortal Kombat in the vein of Ian Godzilla uh, versus King Kong. This was also released on HBO Max. I thought it kind of worked. I mean, I think it was interesting not to start on. It didn't really do the tournament style for Mortal Kombat. It was like an origin story, which was weird. But if they may, I came out of it wanting a sequel. I liked how it was gory. Um, I put a Quiet Place <laughs> Two on here, even though that's kind of horror. I think that's still more a little bit into horror. But it's yeah, one of the I was a big fan of that. Kind but... of, yeah, it's it's definitely horror. But it, I thought it lived up. I thought it was almost as good as the first one, if not as good. Um, the the act, the girl actor who uh, can't hear in that movie is uh, honestly incredible. Um, you know, Jim Krasinski or John Krasinski from The Office as a real talent for directing, which I never would have guessed. I hope I'm just excited to see what else he does. Uh, have, <laughs> sorry, I'm trying to run through these. Have any of you heard Finch on Apple TV Plus? I do not have Apple TV. I have it, but only for the week free trial, so I'm probably not going to get to it. (laughs) (laughs) So there's a movie called Finch. Uh, It's with Tom Hanks, and it's just him. It's kind of like Castaway, but except it's him in a post-apocalyptic, you know, uh, world here where the sun is so bright, because I'm assuming global warming goes through the ozone layer. If you walk in sunlight, you'll burn to death. So he just hangs out with this robot he made and his dog. And it's kind of like heartfelt. It's, he's essentially teaching this robot to become more sentient so when he eventually perishes, he can take care of his dog. Uh, it's really kind of moving. Aww. And it's Tom Hanks, so he always delivers. Yeah, uh, it's good. Mm. And lastly, the one that no one should watch is Prisoners of Ghostland with Nicolas Cage. I, um, oh my goodness. <laughs> I, I, watched, <laughs> I watched this at the Sundance Film Festival, like online. And I regret every bit of watching. It's ridiculous. Oh, wow. It's, uh, he gets his balls exploded off. I, that's not an exaggeration. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's just I, I don't know. There's absurd, but it's not It's not worth watching. It's like, you'd think, like, oh, Nicolas Cage, that <sighs> happening. I'm in. No, it's it's just boring. I, I don't know what to tell you. I was so disappointed by it because it's kind of like he's like a samurai and like a mixture of samurai and Western, even though they're all kind of connected but with nicholas cage with like a dyed beard like he's wearing leather it's all very strange right but anyway all right sorry i I will not watch it but it's Um, on your honorable mentions okay (laughs) as as a warning to everybody else (laughs) don't watch this film go watch pig instead it's not fantasy but just watch it yeah um so how about i'll leave it so Ian, is there any films in 2022 that you're excited about coming up? Fantasy, sci-fi? I mean, I'm trying to come back to me. I had one, but I forget. Yeah, or Panda. Panda made a list of them, right? I did. I mean, there are so many superhero movies coming out as expected. Um, I mean, there's the, the whole Marvel lineup, which I'm very excited for Thor and the next Wakanda film. Yeah, me too. And also the next Spider-Verse film. Definitely. Um, I'm actually looking forward to Robert Pattinson's version of Batman. Yeah, um, I'm just curious to see what that's going to be like. And um, there is a okay. This is so ridiculous. I was thinking one day. I was like, you know, Pixar and Disney should really 
make a film featuring red pandas. Oh, I'm so happy about I love this red happened. pandas. Um, and <laughs> then, like, literally that day, the trailer for Turning Red dropped. It was like, oh, well, okay, they already <laughs> thought about it. <laughs> they heard your prayers. Which I saw a trailer, I saw a trailer for that yeah. in the last movie I went to, and I think mm-hmm. it's set in Canada, because there was one scene where there was Tim Horton's Timbits <laughs> on the table, and I'm like... <laughs> interesting i'm pretty sure this must be set in canada and i think it is i think it's like in toronto or something i think you're right i think it is in toronto um so i think the concept is so ridiculous like the execution of the concept with the girl becoming this giant red panda is so ridiculous it i was turned off by it uh initially but i'm gonna give this chance and hopefully it will be good it's probably an allegory for hormones or something. <laughs> Knowing Pixar, they like to do that. You're probably right. Oh, Avatar 2 is supposed to be coming out. That could be interesting. Probably Finally, not, but yes. yeah. see what it the better be does. for all this time. I um, I another trailer I saw. So I was pleasantly surprised. Uh, how long ago was it now? By Sonic the Hedgehog. I thought it was mm-hmm. like the best Jim Carrey's been in God knows how long. Um, and so the second trailer, the trailer came out for the second one and I'm kind of pumped to see it. And I grew up playing Sega. I like tails and knuckles. Um, that's definitely, you know, they definitely hook me in with that. And, uh, you know, that's, <laughs> that's one I'll, I guess, do the old turn my brain off one, but I mean, it, it looks good. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not gonna be judgmental too much about that one. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll... What do you guys think kind of in the same vein of video game adaptations, into films the untitled mario film i mean it's animated right i'm pretty sure it is i believe yes yes because the the casting is voice actor voice acting yes right so i i I don't know i always think that um animated adaptations of things it's almost like you wonder are they really going to take it that seriously then if it's animated but then spider-man into the spider-verse comes out and you're like Okay, that's amazing. <laughs> and so obviously, yeah, they're putting they're all into this. So I don't know. We'll see. I don't know if it'll live up to the movie from the 90s. <laughs> <All right. laughs> Hopefully there's a lot less drinking involved in this one. That was yeah. Which I never um, did actually. I love the, the 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 casting is except for Mario is fantastic. I mean, you I think it's Jack Black as Bowser, Seth Rogen as Donkey Kong. You know, I they cast Chris Pratt as Mario, which in reality, after seeing House of Gucci, they should have cast Jared Leto because he just is, I mean, he would have nailed that role. <laughs> he, he was born to play Mario after that. But, I mean, the cast is fantastic. I think it's Illumination, so it's by the same people that did Minions. So, I mean, take mm-hmm. that with a grain of salt, but a, a, a big grain of salt. But I, I'm excited for it. I, I mean, I, I'm like a Jack Black. I pray at his altar. I love Tenacious D. I think uh, he's I think he's a legitimately good actor. Like I, I, I would love to see mm-hmm. him in more serious roles. Um, and obviously, I think he's funny. So I'm I'm all on board on that. Um, what about oh, what's the other one? So <laughs> there's a movie I saw that it's called Moonfall. Have you heard about this? And when we were looking, I just saw it. Just mm-hmm. looking. At yeah, that. it's uh, Roland Emmerich, right? Yeah, this movie's like out of 1997. It's about a moon that got knocked around the moon and now it's crashing into Earth. So uh, 
this is, like this is I can't believe they're making this. I mean, I'm all in, obviously. I love Armageddon. Yeah, I have a I soft like spot for these the disaster movies. So <laughs> yeah, me yeah too. I'm all on board. <laughs> um, oh, here's a controversial one. Oh, no, Jurassic Park or Jurassic World Dominion. Are we just done with these movies? Are we do, does anyone care? I was very upset. Um, so when I went to see F9 in theaters, they showed like the first, I don't know, 10 minutes of oh, yeah. oh, really? this new Jurassic World movie. And my brother and I were just looking at each other like, are we in the wrong movie? <laughs> like double checking. I was like, no, this is this is the right theater. Um, I mean, it looked interesting, I guess. But also, eh. Yeah, Don Toretto pulls up and punches a raptor. Is that what you expected? <laughs> I was expecting oh, that. I was that like, I how does happening. this weave in? Yeah. <laughs> it's only a matter of time. It's, only, it's so much more ridiculous than they can go. Yeah, top themselves. Um, yeah, I'm with you. There's there's just a bunch of superhero movies. I'm just going to Black Adam, The Flash, Batman, Doctor Strange, uh, Morbius, the one with Jared, you know, the vampire villain. Wakanda Forever, Thor, Aquaman 2. Um, yeah, that's, you know, they're all, I will, oh, what about, oh, this movie's ridiculous. I am not looking forward to this. So the movie, <laughs> this is what movies are coming to. It makes me so worried. The movie Lightyear with Chris Evans. Um, they're making a, a movie based on Buzz Lightyear. A prequel. But, a, well, well it's, it's not even about the toy. It's about the man the toy is based on. Who's asking for this? I, I will watch it, obviously, because I watch everything. But who's asking for this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. Why not? I, no, I know. I Why just, not? I just, sometimes I, 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 I just. Die. Let's just remember think. this moment and then, like, after the movie comes out and Yeti has seen it and he's raving yeah. about it, we'll replay this moment back. <laughs> Wouldn't be the first time. I Wouldn't see what you're saying, though. It's kind of like. Time. How deep into these mythologies do we go? I, I understand. I understand just, always, no original ideas. I just I will, lastly, I just want to say at the end, Nope by Jordan Peele. It'll probably be a horror, yeah. but nobody knows. because Nobody, nobody knows, knows what about it's about movie, yet. But it might. Yeah. But I mean, that's like my most excited for a film, just in general. I, if it's got Jordan Peele, I'm in. Yeah, he's, he's won a lot of credibility, so. Yep. Well, we did it, guys. We ne- this is long. We went long. This was impressive. This is like Malazan <laughs> length episode here. Except I'm a lot less confused. <laughs> um, before we end, do you guys want to give your letterbox names in case anyone wants to follow you? If you know it. I'm I'm consistent. I am Befuddled Panda. I am. What the heck am I on? I'm just E and O. Okay, I'm just E and O on Letterboxd. You know, we can hunt that down. I'm Yeti Beats. I am also consistent. So you can come follow us and judge our movie ratings and our reviews. It's always fun. Right. Yeah. (laughs) But uh, that's it. Thanks. Uh, Thank you to Craig for letting us do this, our overlord. Uh, Thanks to Horizon Brave for starting this all. And um, thank you to my panelists, uh, Miss Befuddled Panda. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Ian. You can listen to him at the Cinema on Seconds podcast. In Seconds yeah, cinema, podcast. Cinema right. in Seconds. Yeah, cinema in Seconds. It's uh, We look at small moments in movies. We kind of take like like the vibrating glass from Jurassic Park. We kind of take moments like that and talk about them. And it's fun. So if you like movies, come check us out. I, 
I listen to every episode, and I'll judge when you guys talk trash on one of my movies. But you guys do have great. <laughs> I like I like that idea. I love the little moments that you know. Not everyone. Oh, it's not the main ones people think of. It's fun. It's a good concept. Oh, thanks, and thanks for having me on. This was a lot of fun. I love talking about movies. Oh, amen. Thanks for joining us, and uh, I guess we'll see you next time in 2022. Bye. Bye. Yeah.